1: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. Two guests lined up for you today. We're going to be talking some football with our good friend Steve Andrus from 4for4.com. Week six of the NFL season begins tonight with the Giants playing host to the Eagles. We'll get his thoughts on week six of the fantasy football season at 1245. And then Another one of our good friends, good friend of the program, Mike Catalana from Wham in Rochester, will join us at 1.30 as we talk some Buffalo Bills, we talk LaShawn McCoy trade talks, and maybe we'll get his thoughts on, on tonight's matchup. Mike obviously grew up an Eagles fan, and uh, again, we've got Eagles-Giants tonight to kick off week six of the NFL season. Your phone call is welcome at any time, 315-437-7644. You can also text us on our text line at 315 315- Two eight eight zero six four four. It's been a couple of days, Seth, since, since we've we've talked SU football, and that's in part what this team lost by losing to Pittsburgh last week. Not that just you and I are talking SU football, but by and Everybody large, right. the momentum that they gained with those first four games slash five games, even though they lost to Clemson, the momentum was building in this community. The excitement was building. Heading into the bye week and, and North Carolina next and it's you know, Orange Central and Homecoming and all that good stuff. And there was there was some momentum with this program and in part that's what they lost by falling to pit in overtime last Saturday.
0: I think that's almost everything that they that they lost. Well, right? I, sure, maybe that's some you, of the
1: intangible stuff. You lost you some lost, some ground in the ACC in yes, the Atlantic lost, Division, and and yes, your, yes, yes. Your I get, I get all Path of that, to a, I, a quality bowl game. I get and, all of and, that, and all that.
0: I think the most, imp, I, I think the biggest thing that you lost is. The interest. I think the biggest thing you lost is the intangible stuff that that you mentioned—the the buzz around the program, um, the potential to go to the AP poll. I think that is all more important than the 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 here and now and what you lost on the field, whether that's a ball game down the road, whether that's you know what you would finish in the ACC Atlantic relative to Clemson. I think the other stuff that you lost by losing that game is a bigger thing overall for this program than the win or loss right now. Yeah, I mean that makes sense, right? Yes, because you could finish the year at nine and three if you win that game on Saturday, right? You're you're feeling great about yourself, and you go on, you win all the other games that you're supposed to win, and all of a sudden you're nine and three. Okay, great, you're probably a step ahead of where you should be, and you would have all that momentum. Um, But you know, in theory, you could still finish the year at seven and five, eight and four this season. You could feel really great about yourself, but you could feel like, hey, maybe you took a step back and you dipped because here in the middle of the season there's just a lull because you lost that game.
1: Let's put it this way. My my feeling is I, I doubt the players care if the fans are, you know, invested during the bye week or not. I think that for the players, they're disappointed they lost the game because instead of being five and one and nationally ranked, they're four and two and they lost all their votes and and they took a step back in terms of their goals for this season. But I do think for the for the bigger picture of of the program, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing of what the the program lost is the excitement and you know and to some degree being nationally ranked and we can you know we would have been able to stop saying it's been you know since two thousand one and, exactly. and now the drought continues and again they lost all their votes and they're going to have to build back up to that you know you said right after they lost to Pittsburgh you know when when is the next chance they have to be ranked again. I think there's a chance if they win these next two, if they somehow beat NC State at home and and they move to six and two, and that would be a nationally ranked victory. Um, I think there's a chance they can crack into the poll, depending on what else happens. But you know, if not there, they're, they're certainly going to have to reel off a bunch of wins in a row, and they've got Notre Dame left on the schedule, so it is possible for it to happen this year. But it was right there at your fingertips. Exactly, you were taking on a, a team that you were better than. You jumped out to a fourteen nothing lead. You should have won that game. And had you, you would have been in the poll and 5-1 and one and all that. And so I think that's the, the biggest disappointment for the players. Is they're not 5-1 and one and they're not in the poll. But for the program, yeah, I think the the lack of interest now, it, it's taken a step back during the bye week, and they've got to, to build that back up. So let's talk a little SU football as, as we try to you know build things back up uh, heading into game week and, and North Carolina next week. By the way, speaking of North Carolina, did you see Kelly Bryant visiting North Carolina? Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, obviously, he can go play. uh, He can go. uh, Go wherever he wants. He can go
0: wherever he wants, but he's got to find somewhere he would play.
1: We were talking about it in the office last night, and I I mentioned it to Darius Joshua uh, at Channel 9, and and he said, you know, his initial reaction was, why North Carolina? And I said, because he wants to go play. He wants to play right away. That that was kind of my
0: initial reaction, too, when I saw it, and I was like, oh, he's got to find somewhere he can play. Uh, Not just that he can go, because he can go wherever he wants, but. Is he going to play wherever he wants? And I don't know the answer to that question because Kelly Bryant got beaten up by a true freshman. There's a there's a reason why he's not playing at Clemson anymore. Uh, that's not to say he's not a good quarterback, but he's, you know, he, he got some help on the way to those national championships.
1: Yeah, he went sixteen and two. Not all because he you know, he's a great quarterback. But Jalen but Hurts he, went yes. twenty four and two. So understood, right? He, I was gonna say, he had a great supporting cast around him. Um, he needs to go somewhere where he can play and play right away, and and not necessarily be in a quarterback battle because he can't get this one wrong. He's got one year of eligibility exactly. left, so uh, he can't get this decision wrong. He's got to go somewhere where he knows he's going to win the job. But in any event, Kelly Bryant uh, will be visiting North Carolina this weekend. They've got Virginia Tech leading up uh, to the Syracuse game. But this question came up a couple of days ago off air, and I'm going to bring it up on air. Our okay. producer, Tommy, uh, asked us if we thought Syracuse would be 6-0 and if they had last year's linebackers. So if they had Zaire Franklin, such a great question. Paris Bennett, and Jonathan Thomas... If those guys were on this team, would this team be 6 and 0? And my initial like gut reaction to the question is is oh no, you can't do that. Like you can't, you know, swap out. But hypothetically speaking, and that's what we do in the world of sports talk radio, hypothetically speaking, let's think about it. If last year's linebackers were this year's linebackers, would this team be 6-0? What happened against Clemson at the end of the game? What happened against Pittsburgh late in the game? They could not stop the run. They couldn't stop the run the entire game against Pitt, but specifically in that fourth quarter, that's what happened against Clemson. Could not stop the run. Defensive line, by and large, has been great. The the linebackers are, are learning on the job. If they had Zaire Franklin, who's... Showing he's a legit NFL linebacker, he had 11 tackles in his last game uh, for the Colts. If That's they had what a, he does. He's if, a tackling. If machine. they had an NFL linebacker, uh, you know, among that group, if they had, you know, Paris Bennett who had 100 tackles and Jonathan Thomas, if you had three seniors, veterans at that position, would this team be six zero? Uh, my initial reaction was no, and I'm I'm kind of starting to lean the other way now. I'm going no. I'm going no.
0: I I just no. I I think that's impossible to, to to do that and and to to throw that out there and just say yeah, of course they would be. Well, it's not I, an of course. I know. No, but but I I say no because I yes, Paris Bennett and Zaire Franklin specifically were tackling machines and and they hit somebody and they brought them down and they 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 were great for that. I don't think they fit what the defense is trying to do right now neither one of them uh, none of the three linebackers were great in coverage uh you know Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett really weren't that good in in coverage on on the defensive side and I I think that you know when when you look at the, the linebackers now I think they are better in that regard and it's not like the Syracuse defense last year was great against the run they let up 370 rush yards against Wake Forest. They let up uh, 180 to uh, to A.J. Dillon, 190 in the game to A.J. Dillon last year before, you know, things quote-unquote fell apart. Cam Akers ran for 200 yards against them. Uh, you know, th- this is a team that struggled defensively, struggled against the run, even with those players. I don't think that inserting them in... Would would magically fix the problems that this team has.
1: Understood. All fair points. I will say this. The the biggest problem with the defense last year was well one they had a lot of problems, but they the biggest problem to me was the, the missed tackles. They they had trouble tackling. And when you give up big plays, generally it's because you miss tackles. I mean, you look at that pit game, Olison's run, right? It was uh it was Cisco who missed the initial tackle, Bradshaw had a crack at him, he missed the tackle. Okay, but that's he the takes- secondary. So what's the linebackers do about that? So this is my point you said the defense wasn't that good what, what was the strength of the linebacking core you said the, those they guys tackled. are tackling machines yes what did Dino Baber say after the pit game he said we need to get guys down we are missing tackles so and the, the two and the two examples you brought up were scoop Bradshaw and,
0: and Andre Sisco who would still be on the field even if you had the three linebackers from large last
1: year. this year by and large this year the defense has been better so if you go back to last year, and you, if you break it up into the defense into three segments, the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, rank them from strongest to weakest. This year? Last year. Last year. What, I mean, the, what was the strongest? Let me put it that way. Wait,
0: I don't know. Was there a strongest?
1: Yes. The linebackers the, were the strongest. Oh, yes. The
0: linebackers. And then it was, it was, it was two and two way after that.
1: Okay. And if you look at this year. Sorry. I was looking at. Sorry. Yes. And You're so, right. if you if you were to rank them this year, you would say D line is strongest. Yep. You secondary would say secondary then- is second. Linebackers is last. So I you- think the gap. I think the gap between
0: the. I think the gaps between the units this year are smaller than they were
1: last year, and and that's fair. But the biggest issue, and we had seen them eliminated for the most part, was was giving up the big play. Last year, they gave up so many big plays because of the tackling. They didn't give up big plays because the linebackers were getting beaten on uh, you know an eight yard crossing route. That's not why they gave up big plays last year. They gave up big plays because. They missed a lot of tackles, but not those guys. Like I mean, obviously those there were plays did. here and there. Yes. Th- those guys, by and large, made their plays and made their tackles. And this year, for the most part, everyone is making their plays. The defensive line, the secondary has gotten better. The secondary, you know, got burned a little bit against Western Michigan. They, they've they've had their moments, you know, and and some not so great moments. So the secondary is a work in progress. The D line has been fantastic. The D line might be the strength of this team right now. I mean, if you had to point to a position group I think it is. that has been the best so far, I think
0: it's the D-line. The defensive line's been the best unit on the team. The secondary, I think, is, is better getting than last year. That's what And if you take the line...
1: strongest unit from last year and put it on this year, I'm not saying they'd be 6-0. and I I don't know that, because I, I don't know if if Clemson would have figured it out anyway, but they would have beaten Pittsburgh. They probably would have beaten Pittsburgh. So I, they'd be 5-1. and one.
0: Uh, Okay, that's fine. And, and I would say that they probably would beat that, but... Beat that team but I I still don't think that you plug them in and, and you say uh, problem solved on this defense and, and uh, you know because I, again I point to last year when the, the defense still had so many problems the defense still allowed so many long running plays more so than the passing plays the passing plays the secondary was was really bad last year got torched fine. The running plays, though they're running like like that's something that you can point to and say, "Hey, that's an area you know where the linebackers in the run game were a really big deal." And they still had so many games that they allowed so many rushing yards, where they had multiple hundred yard rushers uh, in a game going against them in the Louisville game and the Wake Forest game. Like I, I don't know that you can point to that and say, "Hey, they'll just be better." You know that that'll that'll just fix the problems that Syracuse has had defensively this year, and I, I think that you can't overlook this. The other thing, which is the the gap in coverage skills from the guys who are there now to the guys who were there last year, and that's and I fair. Think that's really that is important.
1: fair, and that is fair. And I guess the way that I look at it though is I I see Zaire Franklin is. An NFL linebacker, he is. If you, put I in, could not agree if more. If you put an NFL linebacker on this defense, it's going to be better. That's yes. like if if Chandler Jones was on this, you know, as good as the they D would line be, is, no, they would you put be, Chandler Jones on there, you'd be like that D line would be better. They would be better. I'm not ready to go and make the jump that they're winning the two games they lost. They would if they had last year's linebackers, they would have beaten Pitt. And I don't know about the Clemson game. They had Clemson on the ropes, obviously, and they, you know, they they let him off the hook uh, because Clemson ran the football and Syracuse couldn't stop it those linebackers last year and you're right they were not that great uh comparatively in coverage but they got guys to the ground and that's what Dino Baber said after the Pittsburgh game he said we need our defenders to get guys to the ground and that was the specialty of Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett in particular and Jonathan Thomas you know he he contributed as well and you had three seniors and you had guys they they made tackles when when they had when they were in position to make a tackle they made a tackle and the the last two losses that hasn't happened. And That's the one So that's why I say initially when this question came up, initially I was like, Well, no, you can't I, I had the same reaction you just did. But as I as I think more and more about it, I think they're at least five and one, and I think they would have had a better chance to win that Clemson game if they had this linebacking core from a year ago. The one thing you say about the linebackers last
0: year that you don't this year is what you just said. When they were in position to make a tackle, they made the tackle. And I don't feel that way about the linebackers this year. Now whether that's because Zaire Franklin and Paris Bennett and and Jonathan Thomas were bigger bodies, whether you know they they were guys that um, and they had you know, a ton more were, experience. Were more let's face out. it. No, I, I, mean, I know, but Kyler I was even. Wittner came I, here as a defensive back. But I was even leaving that out because, as you mentioned, Kylan Whitner, the defensive back, you know, Paris Bennett's just a bigger body than him, right? And, and so you put him in front of a running back running at you, it might be easier to bring that running back down than it is for somebody like Kylan Whitner because he's a little uh, smaller than the guys that were here last year. Uh, but I, I, I just don't know that that fixes everything, and 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 I, I think that the the size aspect that i bring up is is what is the the biggest hang up for me in the coverage stuff because being smaller and and quicker is you know better better to cover wide receivers and and tight ends that are that are you know being spread out or or running backs i think that it I think that this manifests itself differently in different matchups. In the one against Pittsburgh, you looked really bad because Pitt was just trying to run down your throat and run over you. In the game against Clemson, they were trying to spread you out more and, and the coverage skills of a linebacker are being used a little bit more. Having having to go chase Travis Etienne down the sideline, having to go, you know, cover tight ends and, and uh maybe a slot receiver. Like that that stuff you know, I, I feel like the matchup dictates so much of this. You know, I wouldn't feel great about Zaire Franklin or Paris Bennett trying to chase down Travis Etienne. Well,
1: that last drive, you knew what they were doing. You knew exactly what they were doing. It wasn't about speed. It was just about, we're going to run the ball, and we're either going to run it this way or that way and try and stop us. And and they couldn't do it. To your point, the first three quarters, I would buy that. The fourth quarter, I don't buy that. The fourth quarter, it was we're lining up and yes. we're either running left or we're running, you know, the the counter play back to the right and you know try and stop us. And and Syracuse couldn't. And and with Pitt, it was the same thing. In the fourth quarter, it was okay. Here we go, Wildcat. You know what's coming. Stop us. We need three yards, Great. and, they, not, couldn't. We're gonna get and they couldn't. We're going to get four, and that's exactly couldn't what Pitt did time it. and time again. So. Again, I think if you put an NFL linebacker on this defense and you put you know two other linebackers that are seniors and have experience and are tackling machines, as you put it, um, I'm not saying it solves all their problems. I, I think it, it takes a big step towards solving that problem. And I think they at least beat Pitt, and, and who I knows think, about Clemson. I think it probably solves problems and creates problems at the same time. Understood. It,
0: right. that's Teams why need to
1: adjust. That's why I'm not willing to, to go you, that step of But the let me wins. ask you this. Wouldn't you prefer that... Clemson's third-string quarterback has to beat Syracuse through the air. Yes, you know. Yes, you have to same, make same him thing beat with through Pitt. the air. Would yes. you prefer that you that guy Penny has to go, go beat to the you air. through the air? Exactly. Yes. That that's that's my point. So you're right. It doesn't solve every, everything, and it it may be other problems pop up, but i rather that problem opposed to this current problem because this current problem uh, has led to two straight losses. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. We're just getting started on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from Armory Square, this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We've got Steve Andrews from 444.com coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Then our good friend Mike Catalana from Wham in Rochester will join us at 1 as we talk some Buffalo Bills. The Bills can actually get back to 500 this weekend. They're on the road in Houston. A chance to move to 3 and 3. 315 437 76 To the phone lines we go. Scooter in Jamesville kicking us off here on the show. Hey, Scooter.
2: Hey, guys, listen, you can turn the defenses, but just remember one thing. There these four games I remember that Syracuse couldn't stop the last drive to get the ball back to try to win the game. You go back to the middle of Tennessee uh, State game. They drove they drove when it's, it's, if the defense could have held that last drive. They would have won that game. But they, when they couldn't get the ball back against LSU. They couldn't get the ball back against Miami. They couldn't get the ball back against NC State. So even with great players last year, the defense still, when they had a shot to try to win the game, or at least have a shot to win the game, didn't come through. Also, so I mean, it, you know, I think you got to compare offenses and defenses to, to this year, where we haven't faced great quarterbacks, and that's the major concern. Is that the other teams at least had a threat to pass the ball? You couldn't, you couldn't play the to run totally when you got a Finley, or you know, Miami could throw the ball, and even LSU, their, their biggest plays were actually uh, passing plays. So, to me, what's the scary part was, we all knew that Pacey Pittsburgh couldn't throw the ball, but yet they just ran it down our throats. And we had a third string true freshman quarterback, and yet we all knew what was coming. We still couldn't stop it. So, that's, to me, the scariest part than going forward.
1: Yeah, and, and what I would say, Scooter, is that if you go back to last year, and you're right, there were games where they, they couldn't get the ball back. All those one-possession games couldn't get the ball back. My point is, is if you take this year's D-line and this year's secondary, and and if, if they had that D-line and that secondary last year, I think there's a good chance they do get the ball back. That, that's That's kind of my point, is that they have definitely taken a step forward in several areas on this defense. They have. The the linebackers are are inexperienced, and we knew that they were a big question question mark. Maybe the biggest question mark on the team coming into the season, and you know it's it's shown to still be a question mark six weeks in. and And I get it, and that's not that's not their fault. Um, it's just it's it's the way it is. You graduated your your three best linebackers, and and now you got to you know shuffle in three new bodies. Um, my point is, is is last year if you had those three linebackers and you put this D line and this secondary around them, I think you got a better chance of winning games
0: you might uh i tend to agree with scooter that last year you had your own defensive problems and and that uh, as good as those linebackers were individually throwing them on this team i don't think fixes the problem the d
1: line is totally. so much better i this agree
0: year. i know they are but i don't think that fixes every problem on this team and and might create other ones
1: um and i i agree with that and i am not suggesting fixes quote unquote every problem i'm i'm Suggesting it fixes one problem, and, and that's a big problem right now because it's cost him two games. It might, and it might
0: also open up another problem, and then you're at the same place. All right, Kenny Pickett, beat me,
1: beat me through the air. I, I don't think he would have been able to. I don't either. So I create that. I don't problem either. Then. But DeAndre Francois might have been able to. <sighs> and then
0: you're still at the same. And then you're that still on the same. Floor line was two. so bad. Yes,
1: it was. It was terrible. They dominated him. They did. With this linebacking core, so you're they saying did. if they had last year's no, linebacking core, they wouldn't no, have dominated. No, I'm
0: saying that if you change the focus of if you change the focus of how your defense is constructed, you change the focus of how teams are going to attack you.
1: They could. I don't think Florida, Florida State, could State probably attack. wasn't going to do anything I don't anyway. Think so I st- I stand by it. They would they would be five and one right now. I don't know about Clemson because again, it's Clemson is an Clemson elite team. Better and they right they were better and you figure you know that they'll. At some point, they're going to display their dominance, and they did in a nick of time at the end of the game. But even still, Syracuse was, was one play away, that fourth and six. If it goes differently, Syracuse wins the game. But I, I'll stand by that. They'd be 5-1 and one if they had last year's linebackers. Um, this seems like a natural time, Seth, to to kind of hand out our grades, right? It's the, the mid-season, mid-semester, progress report, whatever you want to say. Wouldn't this
0: technically be the end of the
1: first semester if, if the college season was a school year? It would be. Halfway through? So ha- halfway through the season, the the end of the first semester is that is that what you want to say? Sure, give our our progress reports, give our grades. Um, so why don't we just do like offense, defense, special teams, and then an overall grade for the team, and then we can we can talk about different position groups with within that conversation. Okay, uh, where do you want to start?
0: I, I think it makes sense to start offense. Right, you name okay. offense first. Uh, I'll go B+. Plus. I think the offense has been really good at times. It's looked really good. It's looked like it's taken steps forward. And then you have other games, uh, you know, whether it's the majority of that Pittsburgh game, whether it's the first half of the Florida State game, um, at times even against UConn. Second half against Clemson. A second half against Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I was throwing that one out because Clemson's defense. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, you know, against other teams that aren't that level where you just look like they're kind of stuck in the mud. And things have slowed down, and things have just kind of stopped. Um, so I don't want to give them an A. I don't want to give them, you know, the the perfect grade. But I think that they've been really good overall. So I'll, I'll give them a solid B plus. I mean, they, they're averaging what thirty something points a game this year? Uh, so, Forty
1: three. Forty <laughs> so, three. Oh, okay. Yeah. So
0: I had that even low. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so they're so they're a really good offense. They're they're an offense that's getting a lot of points on the board. They're averaging. Uh, Almost what four hundred fifty? Better than four hundred fifty yards a game? Yeah, four sixty two so, right now. So they're they're an offense that gets a lot of points on the board and moves the ball, but at times they look like they're stuck in the mud, and I'm I'm a little worried about that going forward. Um, you know, now that you are in theory playing better teams than you have played,
1: I'll be honest with you, Seth. I I would have given them an A if not for the pit game, uh, because yes, I would have. Overlooked that second half against Clemson to some degree, and when you look at the numbers, forty-three points per game and four hundred and sixty-two yards and they, per and game, they scored,
0: and they scored seventy, and they scored thirty-seven in, <laughs> in the Pitt game, and, right. and put up how many yards, right? And you are like, we got to mark them down. But
1: the offense, obviously, you know, shot itself in the foot against Pitt with the the three turnovers and you know Dungy's fumble that again should have been whistle dead, but it wasn't. They take it back for a touchdown. Then Dungy throws the pick uh, in overtime. So I gave him a B plus as well. Um, that's how bad uh, the pit game was all the way around. No excuse for losing that game. They they should have beaten Pitt. They were better than him. Uh, they had him on the ropes early, and they just didn't deliver the knockout punch. Uh, but I've got a, a B-plus for the offense. Um, how do you like break this down individually? Because obviously,
0: within this, some units are better than others, and we don't have to get too much into the weeds. The but offensive
1: like, line has been great.
0: I think the offensive line... See, I I think the offensive line's been really good. Do you think it's lived up to the the preseason hype of like how good it was going to be? You kidding me? I I
1: I think it's it's I'm surpassed curious, that. I'm just curious because like because like I I know it was talked about a lot. Yes, talked about that there was experience and they had a lot of starts coming back and you know there was chemistry. Yes, that part was talked about. However, going into the Florida State game, going into the Clemson game, those two games in particular, I wanted to see how that unit did against. The big boys on the other side, and the the four and five star guys, especially that Clemson defensive line. Eric Dungie did not get sacked until that final drive of the game. Um, Syracuse held its own, more than held its own up front against Clemson. Against Florida State, um, they they have a legit offensive line. Have, have they been perfect? By no means. I think they've surpassed expectations because while I you know I I heard the, hy- the hype as well. Um, I didn't I didn't know they'd be this good. That's fair. I think uh, you're marking up the offensive
0: line. The quarterback play is probably where you thought it was going to be. Um, I think you're marking down the receivers. I don't think that's saying much, uh, much of anything. Out of the yeah, ordinary. Yeah, I think
1: we had some questions about the receivers, and the questions going in. aren't answered much like the linebacking core. Correct. Uh, you know, Devin Butler missing the game for a violation of team rules. That doesn't you know get me too excited about that group. Um, you know, Custis has been really good in spots, and then disappears in other spots. You know, I like Taj Chad Harris has like been good. Nikeem Johnson. I was getting to the young guys. guys. The, the the thing that I'm most excited about with the receiving core is the young guys. The, Taj Harris and Nikeem Johnson. Um, I think they've got. A world of potential between them, um, so yeah, I think they're yeah. Well, we'll we'll have them trending down right now, but it, at the same at the same time, that was kind of the expectation going into the year was that's going to be the weakness of the offense, the receivers, and yeah. and who can who can step up. Um, I would say the running backs are probably where we thought they'd be, and and yeah. they've gotten Jarvion Howard I involved, so. and, and he's been a a nice little addition. Uh, why don't we take a timeout here? We'll come back with our grades for the defense, special teams, and the overall team grade. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.